Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, guys. Well, let's go ahead and start. Um, I sent you the notes, those of you that get them. I think a lot of you do. The very first thing I put in the notes was the answers to the uh, exercise we had last week on the perfect on the principal parts on making the perfect tense. And so you have them now. And if you do you have any questions on any of them? Anybody have any questions? No, I was glad to see that I had done you know a lot of them correctly. The answers really helped me to, you know, to codify everything. The only thing that you guys had trouble with last week, some of you were putting plural when it was singular and singular when it was plural, but you know, you were getting the hang of it anyway. So uh, anyway. Then I thought, um, because the chapter of my particular book I was using to get this exercise uh, that I took some of it from, or that the chapter that I used to use this exercise with, actually, I wrote the exercise, but um, they had some review questions, and I thought we would just look at them, some review Latin phrases using the accusative. Antibellum. What does antebellum mean? Before the antibellum. war. Right. And what is that? What war is it talking about? Civil War, American yes. Civil War. Yes. So when you see something about an antebellum plantation, it means a or a house. It means a house built before the Civil War. If you see that expression. All right. Um, what would postbellum mean? I don't think you'll see that one too often, but you might. No. After the war. That would after, be the after war. the war, and probably again if you saw it after the Civil War. Antimeridium. Before noon. Before noon, and that's where we get AM. That's what AM stands for. Uh, that's a good playtime question Cindy could ask you sometime. What is AM? And it's ante meridiem. And if you know that one, you probably know post meridiem. Afternoon. Afternoon. Okay. And if you know that one, you might even know post mortem. After death. After death. After death, which is what? What is that? Uh. After death? Yeah. What does it mean? What does that refer to? Like if you do a postmodem uh, autopsy or something. Yeah, it's like an autopsy. Okay. It means you operate on the body after they have died to find out what killed them or what their problem was or whatever. Yeah. You, what you can use. also use it in a funny way. It's like postmortem discussion or. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if this call today turned out to be a horrible call <laughs> and I might call Carla and Musi and say, let's have a postmortem discussion about this call. because <laughs> What was it so bad about? Yeah, we get, that's very true. Very true. All right. Then we had some sentences uh, last week, which was which was your homework, actually. And I thought we would look at these. Number one says, Pecuniam kikoro and graikiam filiosuo misit. What would that sentence mean? This is Musi. Can I guess? Yes, you may. Cicero sends money to his son in Greece. Right. Um, sent, though. I would say sent because oh, it's perfect oh. tense. Or sent. even has sent. You could even has say he sent. has sent money. That, by the way, is a true sentence. His son was in Greece and asked him to send money, and he, he sent it. So, I mean, we presume that he sent it anyway. Um, all right. Very good. Very good. Number two. Anyone want to try? Feles mures in casa que parent. Um. Uh, the the cats catch mice in the house. Yes, except again, caught. The cats oh, caught sorry. the mice in the house, or the cats have caught the mice yeah. in the house. Either way. All right, good. Number three, Senator Romanus, magno cum studio amicos omnes ad canam bonam in vitawit. And, of course, the purpose of these sentences is just to see if you can recognize the perfect tense when you see it. Right. Senator Romanus. A Roman senator. A Roman senator. Roman senator. Yeah. Um, oh, hello. Has invited. Has yes. invited. 
Or had invited. No, no. Has invited. If you say had invited, that's the pluperfect tense. And we haven't gotten that one yet. <laughs> Omnes amicos. Um, all his friends. Yep. Um, to a great meal. To a good dinner. A good meal. Uh, to, a, to a good dinner. To a good meal. Magna cum studio. Um, in a large, no, in a, wait a minute. With great, with great. With great zeal, with great eagerness. Zeal. That's where we get, if you study something, supposedly you do it because you're eager to learn it. <laughs> uh, that's not quite always true. And a student is one who is eager to learn. Uh, that's where that word comes from, studio. All right, number four. Here's a good military sentence. Caesar milites. Magni itineribus ad opidum genawam duxit et nocte castra posuit. Okay, Caesar led. Caesar led. You're right. Milites. The soldiers. All right, or his soldiers are the soldiers. Good. Magni itineribus. In a forced march? Right. Uh, and actually, it's plural. So, in forced marches. Forced marches. Ad opidum genawam to the town of Geneva. Hmm. Genawam is a town. To the town of Geneva. Mm -hmm. At nocte. At night. Uh-huh. At night. Pitch camp. camp. Good. And by the way, I just want to talk a second about that. The Romans never, ever, ever, the Roman army never spent the night anywhere without building a camp. And we talk about building a camp. We mean a thing that had four walls around it, um, mm. like a fort would have. It had, you know, tents running all up and down. It had gates, four gates to get in and out. And so every day they would quit marching about three o'clock in the afternoon and spend two or three hours building this camp. They never, ever spent the night without building a camp. So at night they pitched the tent. Is that what it's yeah. at the end there? Yeah, no. And at night they pitched camp. Pitched they, camp. They okay. made, maybe probably in English say they made camp. All right. Number five, mater filias owa cogre et ad casam portare usit. The mother gathered eggs. Mother ordered the girls to gather. Oh, she ordered eggs. the girls. That's to right. Them. She ordered the girls to gather the eggs. And. At the. House. And to carry. Carry them to the house. Help carry them to the house. No, and carry them to the house. Carry the eggs to the house. Yes. Very good. Okay. Uh, the thing tricky in that sentence, if anything, is is that word use it. That word, if you don't know that principal part, you might not recognize what that word is. And you did. You did recognize. Magister publium literas et numeros docuit. Publium is our kid in this story. So the teacher taught, taught letters and numbers. Num um, to the pupil. To Publius, yeah. He taught you teach. The, the word to teach takes two accusatives. He taught Publius, and what did he teach him? Numbers and letters. Uh, what do they call that? A double accusative, I think they call it. I think something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number seven. Gaius Marciam Magno Amore Amawit et Altumno Agraikia ad urbem magna cum celeritate wainit. All right. This is from our story we had a few weeks ago. Gaius, what? Loved Marcia with a great love. Right. And Altumno. Fall. In the fall. Wain it. 
He went. He came or he went. He came. The city. All right. He, he came to the city. And by the way, when it says to the city, where does it mean? Rome. 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 Right. It's like if Rain. you go to the if you ever go to the seeing eye, when they say we're going to the city today, they don't mean Morristown, New Jersey. They mean New York. They don't even have to say oh, wow. New York. They say the city. And that's the way the Romans were. When they said the city, everybody knew they meant Rome. Okay, so uh, so they he came from Greece to the city with great speed. With great oh, speed, because what so what are they going to do? Can you repeat the, the whole thing again? Because I yeah. think I got something backwards when I translated it. Gaius loved Marcia with a great love, and in the autumn he came from Greece to the city with great swiftness. Have a lot of ablative of manner in this uh, in this little thing where you say with swiftness, with zeal. Those are all ablative of manners. Um, uh, remember, why is he coming so quickly to uh, to the city so quickly? What are they going to do in the fall? You remember? Should remember that they're get going to get married. Yeah, and get married in the fall. When he gets out of the army, they're going to get married. That's right. All right. Fame and I lupum in silva viderunt at magna cum clamore ad casam cucurerunt. <laughs> the girls saw. The women saw. Fame the women saw. In the jungle. A, a wolf. In the woods. In, in the, the woods, the woman saw what? The women saw a wolf. A wolf. The woman saw a wolf in the woods. Woods, and and they ran, and they ran. to the house with to great speed. Well, with a great shout, with a great noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes, yeah, so you got it. The women, the women saw a wolf in the woods. And ran to the house with a great shout. Yeah, that's it. And again, the tricky thing in that sentence is kukurerunt, because if you didn't know what that was, you might not recognize it. Magister publium saipe reprehendit, quote, verba poetarum in memoria non tenuit. I I got this one. All right. (laughs) The, The teacher often beat. Publius, because um, he did not hold the word the words in his memory. Wait a minute, I left yeah. out a word. Po- poetarum po- is the only word you left out. Posterum. What does no, that poetarum. Mean? Poetarum. Oh, poetarum. Of the poets. Okay, yeah, you got it all pretty much, except that reprehended means scolded. So the teacher often scolded Publius because he did not remember the words of the poets. Uh, The words. Werba, werba. You're thinking of werbero, meaning to beat, which which does look like that. Mm. One more. Servi kibum in mensa posuerunt et familiam ad canam wokawerunt. Um, food in the, at the table. Um, they could serve food at the table and uh, um, call the fam- they called the family to supper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, not they could. That's potuerunt. This is oh, potuerunt. Yeah. So this is the slaves placed the food on the table and called the family to dinner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Very good. Any questions on those? All right. Perfect tense, all persons. We're going to get the rest of the persons now. The perfect tense, you can do, no, it's like the preterite tense in Spanish. Carla and you yep. other Spanish people. And that is that you don't have to worry about what conjugation the verb belongs to. If you know the ending, you can make that tense. And that's the same thing with this tense. Um, no matter if it's first conjugation, second, third, fourth, whatever, as long as you know the stem, you can make the perfect tense. But the endings are different from the, what you've ever had before. 
Remember before we had O is I, S is you. Remember that? Well, now they're different. And they're going to be E is the it. Emus is this errant. You're going to add that. You're going to take the fourth, the third principal part, which ends in an I, and drop that I, and that'll give you the stem. And so, like in the case of Amawi, drop the I, you get Amaw, and you're going to add E to say I did something, Isti to say you did something, It say he, she, it did it, Emus to say we did it, Istis to say you did it, Erunt to say they did it. So notice when you do the they, that I drops out and you have E-R-U-N-T. And that's why we say the perfect stem is the third principal part minus the I, minus the I. And so to do Amo in the perfect, you'd say Amawi, Amawisti, Amawit, Amawimus, Amawistis, Amawerunt. And as long as you know the third principal part, you can do any verbs. Now, one verb that has funny principal parts and if you know Spanish, this won't come to any shock to you, is the verb sum. The verb sum is irregular in every language, and it's certainly irregular in Latin. In English, it is. We say I am, but we say I was, or you were, or he has been, or whatever. So in Latin, to use the perfect tense of sum, third principal part is fui. Sum esse fui, which Carla is... Very similar to fui fuiste fue, right? Fue, yeah, and fue. Oh, not yes, flow yeah. like some of my like some of the students at Westminster High used to say. <laughs> fui fuiste fuo. <laughs> 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 that, that sounds so funny. My 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 friend who was a Spanish teacher said, "Oh yeah, we do a lot of fuos in my class." Anyway, uh, but it's fui fuiste fuit fuimus fuistes fuerunt, and I give you those two verbs in my notes so you can see how they're done. And that would mean I was, or I have been, you were, you have been, et cetera, et cetera. You can look at my notes and it gives it to you there. You know what I find peculiar is that there's one you, um, singular and one plural. We don't mess mm -hmm. around with the familiar and formal. And That's true. Uh, that's true. And that's a strange thing in a way. Because you would you would think well, that's something that came in with the modern language. Yes. For some reason, that came in with the modern languages, with French and Spanish, and almost every modern language has it. Russian has it. German has it. But it's something Latin didn't have, and Greek didn't have, and English doesn't really have. And thank it. Oh, well, God, English doesn't have it. They did at one time, I guess. They thou, did. well, kind of thou and. I don't know. Was that oh, more? Yeah. I don't know if that's as much familiar and formal as it is singular and plural. You know, thou and uh, what was the plural of that? The? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but now mm -hmm. English does not have it, really. Okay. You use it by the way you address a person, like you might say, sir or mister, whatever. But you know, it's funny because they still there's still some semblance in the King's English of the third person that that, that um, remained in Spanish. You know how the usted form takes the oh, third yeah. person, yeah. so you have his or her Majesty. You know, that's true. Is, is that's true. You still see that. That's true. And that usted doesn't that really mean your grace or something like yeah. that? If, uh huh. Well, it's formal. It's formal. formal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just means you. Yeah, yeah, but, but it, that's but what it came from linguistically. That's Originally, it, it meant your grace or something. Your grace, yeah, it came from like your master oh, yeah. grace yeah. or something. And in, but in French, you don't. In French, you have one less degree of it because you don't have that. You only have vous, which could be singular or plural, formal. You don't have a separate formal thing like uh, what's that one? The the uh, no, so the vosotros form. We don't have oh, that. Right, and vosotros right. is only used in Spain, and a lot right. of courses don't teach it. And I know I got in trouble mm -hmm. with that because I wasn't taught it when I went to Europe. And so I, I mm -hmm. vowed never to make that mistake with my students. They learn all the forms. And what, see, does that's that fun mean? what does that mean, Carla? The vosotros means is the plural of two. It's you familiar. You plural. plural. You, I mean, oh. you familiar plural. Oh, wow. And a lot, yeah. It is, yeah, it's like nosotros, but it's vosotros, but it's yep. 
The European people use it. We don't. Right. In the USA, they don't use it so much, or Latin America, they don't use it so much anymore. Well, in and West Virginia, big, we say yuans. That means more yeah. than you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh, we say yens. Yens. Yeah, yens. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. all. What What about the royal we? Like, you know, the royal we? Well, that's a whole different thing. Um, I know. Yeah. But does Latin have but, that? Yeah. Yeah. Latin has that. Um, okay. A lot of times people will say we when they mean I because they just are trying to be polite or whatever. Mm. Um, Paul in the Bible, Paul does that a lot. And that's in Greek, but I mean, he does that a lot. Um, And in Latin, Cicero sometimes does it, I think. And I think in the Aeneid, Dido might do it once. Uh, It's done. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wait a minute. We were talking about something that I wanted to come. Oh, that, that, that's a hot item in Spanish teaching, whether to teach that vosotros form or not. My friend who was a Spanish teacher did not want to teach it because he said he had enough trouble teaching what he had to teach and he didn't want to teach it. And the community college, when I took Spanish, did not teach it. But I kind of think you should teach it because you might run into it sometimes. Well, I do. And, you know, in a way, if you learn it, you, you might run into it, but it also messes up your verb chart when you don't. There's just a blank yeah. space there yeah. and then they get yeah. confused. Yeah. What's yeah. the plural of what? Yeah, so I find true. in the long run, it's less confusing to teach it. Yeah, I think you're right. I would I would probably teach it if I were teaching Spanish. But anyway, we give you some new verbs here that you need to learn principal parts of. And some of these verbs you've had, some of these verbs you have not had, but I thought we would look at them at least. Dico, dicere, dixi, dictus, meaning to say. That's where you get dice, decir in Spanish. Ah. Uh, yeah. Deer in French. Yeah. Um, or a, notice the principle. Which is a thing. Yes. Yes. That would come from this too. And then yes, we get like would. benediction, yeah. you know, benediction, well. a good saying, oh, yeah, a well right. saying. Yes. Yeah, saying something like a blessing is like a benediction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a malediction is like a curse. Yeah, a curse. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is what conjugation would that be? Can you tell me? Second. No. Oh. Second. Oh. It's not long E-R-E. If it were long E-R-E, you were on second. It's third. Dicare. Right. Do, dare, dedi, datus. This is one of the few first conjugation verbs that's irregular. And yes, Carla, if you were a little Roman girl, you would probably say dawit instead of dedit. Yeah, because you'd want to do it the regular way. What's that called? Linguistic? What you give? Analogical creation. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's what you that probably give? do. Yes. Yes. It's okay. to give. Mm-hmm. Extraho. I don't know if we've ever had extrahere, oh. extraxi, extractus. It means to yeah. drag out, to pull out, oh. to get extract from. Oh, it. Can ex- you spell that? Like to extract. E x t r a h o, e x t r a h e r e. Yes, your okay. Braille display probably put extra.5h. Oh, dot five H. Extra here. Okay. <laughs> extra here. Yeah, that's the craziest thing, isn't it? <laughs> E-X-T-R-A-X-I and then E-X-T-R-A-C-T-U-S. We get tractor because the, the, the base word is traho, tr- to drag, oh. and a tractor drags things. Subtract, detract. Um, protract. Protract. Yeah, all those words have to do with dragging. Um. Anyway, what conjugation is that word? Verb. Yep. <laughs> now we have an irregular verb that you don't even know the present tense of yet, but I gave it to you because perfect tense is perfectly regular. Eo ire, and then the perfect tense has two possibilities. You can say ee, or you can say ewe, and it means exactly the same thing. Does so, it go? Yep, means to go. It means to go. And that uh, we get the only words you get, you get ear, ear in Spanish and uh, things like exit. And uh, I guess that's the main one, really, that we get from it in English. But uh, it's funny, you know, in English, we saw some verbs last week that sometimes said like hang. Sometimes we say hanged and sometimes uh-huh. we say hung. It depends uh-huh. on what you're saying. Well, in, 
in Latin, you can do this either way, either ee or ewe, but the meaning is exactly the same. It doesn't matter which one you do. Hmm. The only thing about it, if you do ee, they usually don't say eisti. They usually say isti to make it a little easier um, to do. Is there an accent on that word, isti? Is what? I'm sorry. Is there an accent on that? No. Okay. No. No. Uh, Now, this next verb is another irregular verb that you don't know, but you can do the perfect tense of it because it's totally regular. Pharaoh with one R. Fairy with two R's, Tuli Latus. Notice how different the principal parts are. You'd never guess that Tuli came from Pharaoh. And if you were trying to read and you didn't remember that, you'd be lost. But it means to carry or to bear. And we get a lot of English words from it, like transfer, like conifer, like uh, translate even comes from it. Uh, a lot of words come from this word, but the perfect tense is totally regular. Tuli, tulisti, tulit, tulimus, tulistis, tulatron. Very regular. Yakio, uh, yakare, yaki, yaktus. That word is third io, and it means to throw. Yaki mm-hmm. is your perfect. And we get the word ject, project, eject, reject. All those words have to do with throwing. Lawo, here's another first conjugation verb that's regular in the perfect tense, but the fourth principal part can be irregular. Lawo, laware, lawi, and then either latus or lotus, either lautus, excuse me, lautus or lotus, and it means to wash. It's where we get the word lava. That's what I thought. I was going to say to wash. Yeah. Yep. Lava. That's what is like lavar. Isn't there lavar. a lavar saying? Yeah, yeah lavar. Lavarte. Uh-huh. Now, the difference is, it's funny that in Spanish, when you learn these verbs like lawar, you learn them reflexively because that's right. Well, no, there are two forms, actually. The transitive verb, like if you wash the car and don't Uh find my post-vocalic R, that's an R that's not there. If you wash a car, for example, you lavo el carro. But if you wash yourself, you say me lavo. I got washed or I I get washed or I wash myself. But because of the because of the utility the utilitarianness, if that's a word, of those reflexive forms, most textbooks seem to really concentrate on those. I know we did in French, at least. You always learn salave. Yes, salave. Je me lave. Yeah, je me lave. And I still get salave and salave. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. um, What does that mean? Salave means to get up, and salave means to wash yourself. And I always tell them, think levitate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's and then right. I tell them think right. of lava soap for water. Right. That that's exactly uh, yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and that song doesn't help us any with reflexive verbs either. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Because it really should be voulez-vous vous coucher avec moi. If you right. Said it right. And it's funny when that came out, I said, that's your regular, that's not, that's incorrect grammar. That's and I said, no, grammar. it's not. And I said, they just left out a <laughs> yeah. voo to fit it into the music. Yeah, that's what they did. Well, I guess you could understand it. You know, you, you know, it means voulez-vous, vous coucher, but <laughs> they just left it out. And no, and most, most key people don't know the difference, but yeah, it's wrong. Oh, and I, I, you know, I've had people that did parallel sentences and say, well, the song said, and I said, well, the song's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Here's another irregular verb. I don't think we've had this verb, but you can do the perfect tense because it's regular in the perfect tense. Nolo, nole, nolui. It means not to want, not huh. to wish. And the perfect tense is regular. No Louis, no Louisti, no Louis, no Louis, no, et cetera. Posum, pose, potui. We have had that one. There is no fourth principal part. It means to be able to. Reprehendo, we've had. I gave it to you last week. I don't know why it's in here again. Um, it's the main thing here about this one is that the perfect and present tense are identical. They, they are actually, if I said, at least if I said he scolds, I'd say reprehended. If I say he scolded, reprehended. Now, if I say you scold, then it's different. Reprehendus and reprehendisti. So it would be different in the second person and so forth. But in the third person, it's exactly the same. 
Rideo, ridere. Now, uh, now, you see, what conjugation is this verb in? Second one. Second. That is the second. Reese, <laughs> rhesus. It means to laugh. And you get the words like deride. If you deride someone, you laugh at them, derisive, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Sum esse fui futurus. We already talked about that, meaning to be. Wenio, wenire, weni, wenturus. Notice you just lengthen the vowel on that one. We had that one last week in our examples. And wolo, wele, wolui. This is the opposite of nolo, means to want. You don't really have to know these verbs now, but if you can learn the principal parts and if you can use do the exercise, that would help. And we have exercises here that you can do for your homework if you want to. And all you do is change the present to the perfect like we did last week and uh, do that. And if you want to do exercise B, you can. Don't have to, but you can. Uh, it's will give you enough work for two weeks probably. Letter B says change these verbs to the imperfect, then to the perfect. Right. Uh, keeping them in the same person. So, for example, ridays will be riday boss and resisti. So you can you can look them over and we'll see. Uh, we'll now go that, over those. Uh, volo one, um, uh, it's a good thing to remember volunteer. That'll help you if you volunteer yep. to something, you want to do it. You're right. You're exactly right. Um, in this... What's that? Oh, interesting. In this, in this exercise, A, I want to just point out to you, when you see weis, you don't know what that is. That comes from wolo. It's the second person singular of wolo. Uh, known woltis is the third, second, person, second person plural of wolo, uh, of nolo, excuse me. Uh, see if there's any other you don't know. I think you know the rest of these. Uh, yeah. Reese comes from Wolo. Yes. Yes. What's uh, the infinitive w- of Wolo, of Nolo? Nole, N-O-L-L-E. No R. No uh, or E-R-E or anything. No, it's a funny thing. It's, and I guess that, that's where we get the, 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 the Wolo ones where we get Vulua. And now in Spanish, it totally screws up. It's Querer, isn't it, in Spanish? I don't know if they have a verb like with a V to mean to want. Querer means to want. Querer and querer yes. mean to want. It means to want or to love, but you have yeah. la voluntad, yeah. the will. You have what? Voluntad. Oh, do you? Okay, so they do have that still. Yeah, voluntad. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where we get voluntary and all that from. Okay. Very voluntad. Good. Very good. So that reminds me of the legal phrase, no lo contendere. Yep, nolo contendere, I, literally meaning I don't want to struggle. That is, I'm not going to fight. I'm going to plead guilty. Gonna contest, I'm right. not going to contest this. Yeah. Right, I'm not going to contest it. That's what it means. Uh, and of course, what another text are you using? We really aren't using a text. Oh, uh, I mean, well, this particular stuff that I'm doing today, I took some of it from i actually didn't take it from the textbook i wrote an exercise when i used this textbook go to because it didn't have enough exercises on it so it's an exercise i wrote but it's it was the text ecce romani which i really liked i would love to use that uh with you guys but it but you can't can't get it it's just too expensive and you can't get it um so i'm not really using a text per se i kind of am writing things as i go along uh i think How we're going to we access to- that uh, this stuff I'm doing right now. Yeah, I can send you the notes if you tell Cindy that you oh, want okay. my notes. She will okay. tell me, and I will send them to you. Okay, great. And if you would like for me to, I can send you all the back notes too. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Thank you. Good. Just give her the information, and I'll okay. I'll send it out. To you. I really, you know, I really should put the notes up. It says they're up on the website, but they're not. But I wonder if I sent Dropbox links to them, would they go up there? Do you think that would work? I don't know. I think it would. I might try it. I don't know whether to do that or just send her copies of these notes. I don't know what the best. Maybe I'll write to Col- maybe I'll write to Colby and ask her, since she seems to be the one to really 
who's dealing with this because I did start sending them every week. And then I sort of got decided to send them myself, but, but it would probably be easy to do it. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that. Thank you. Let's, let's talk about the Romans a little bit. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit here. Last week, we talked about the dates of Rome. Uh, we talked about the dates. What date was Rome founded? Anybody remember? 753 BC. 753 BC. Yeah. And what date was Rome? Did Rome fall in the West at least? 476 AD. 476 AD. Okay. And we said that Rome was especially known for what? Engineering, architecture. Engineering and architecture. What in engineering did the Romans do that we know them for? Arch, the arch, the dome, that's more architecture, but yes, it is engineering too. And what else? Aqueducts, aqueducts, uh, roads, catapults, catapults to shoot weapons. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And then we said they're also very well known for law and government because obviously anybody that can hold an empire together all this time and a lot of things we believe in law came from them a lot of it came from england too Uh, some of our laws english law some of our laws roman law but and then of course the latin language and then i gave you a little exercise and this is in this lesson here what do you already know about the romans and we talked a little bit about caesar and cleopatra and cicero and mark antony and all that kind of stuff but let me talk about uh, uh, the second part of this, number wasn't, three. Hmm? Wasn't, I got a question. Wasn't Rome founded because were those two brothers, Romulus and Remus? Yes, it was. And guess what? We're going to read a story about them next week. Yes, we are going to read a story about Romulus and Remus next week. And they uh, were yes. raised by wolves, huh? <laughs> Supposedly, (laughs) supposedly, Um, all this stuff about early Rome, about Romulus and Remus and the wolf and all. Don't forget, that's all legends. We don't know. I mean, we don't know whether it's true. That's what the Romans said about themselves. That's what they believed. That's what little Roman children learned when they went to bed at night. You know, that's their bedtime stories, probably. But whether it really is true or not, we don't know. Because Rome was burned at some point by the Gauls in early Roman history, and a lot of records were lost. So we don't know about, you know, we don't know a lot of things about real early Rome. We mostly have legends, but they're pretty good legends. Uh, Now, compared to the Romans, when were the Greeks doing all the stuff you read about, like with Socrates and uh, Plato and all those guys? When were they doing all the stuff they were doing. Was it at the same time as the Romans? Was it earlier? Was it later? The 5th century B.C. Is there yes, that's what you want to remember. 5th century B.C., which means what years would that be? Like 500 B.C.? No, it's 400. It's like, you know, in English, when you say the 19th century, you really mean... Uh-huh. The 1800s, and when you say yeah. the 20th century, you mean the 1900s, because you know you're. And I always wondered why they did that like that. Well, well because you start like, with zero, you know. Yeah, zero because you start with zero 100. through ten, and when you by the time you get to the 19th, uh, I mean, yeah, because like you don't have any years there for a while, uh, like one A.D. and that kind of thing, um, and so in Athens. The first century, you know, would be like one through a hundred. And the second right. century would be like from a hundred to two hundred. And the third century would be two hundred to three hundred. And the fourth century, two hundred to four. So so the fifth century is for the four hundreds BC. But that's when Athens was really great. Curious about the, a quarter till. Oh, thank you. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm on the civilization now, so that's good. We're doing exactly okay. what we should do. Okay. So, 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 so when you, when you read about the Greeks and all the stuff they did, that's going to be in the 400s BC, mostly. That's when the Peloponnesian War took place. That's when Athens and Sparta were having their problems. That's when the Greek dramas were being written for the most part, uh, all that kind of stuff. 
that's when the Greeks were really flourishing, was 5th century BC, which means 400s. Uh, now, how are the Greeks and Romans different in their achievements? Like, what are they both known for? Philosophy for Greece and yes, democracy. The, democracy. Right. The Greeks are philos philosophy, democracy, and the beginnings of a lot of kinds of literature. The Roman literature is unique, but a lot of it was copied kind of from the Greeks. Uh, but, the, but, the, but the Greeks are more philosophical, more thinking, um, you know, drama. They invented drama. They invented epic poetry, um, philosophy, like you said. Um, they're much more thoughtful, philosophical. The Romans were much more practical, engineering, architecture, law, that kind of thing. And yes, the Greeks really were the first peoples to ever deal with democracy, where the Romans didn't really have democracy <laughs> at all. They had a republic, but it wasn't exactly like a democracy. Okay, any questions on that? I have always been confused, and I know this is silly, um, but when you go from, you know, B.C. Um, to A.D., okay, so you have mm -hmm. one B.C., I'm still confused. Is there a year or two years, like zero B.C.? And No, no, it goes right from zero B. It goes right from one B.C. to one A.D. It goes right from one B.C. to one A.D. And, of course, what makes it even more tricky is that they really think that Jesus was probably born in about in about 4 A.D. Yeah, that's uh, why it's so confusing. Yep, yeah, it's, it's, it's very – somebody arbitrarily picked a year, and they just say 1 B.C., 1 A.D. Uh, and so, yes, that's, that's what's tricky about it. What tricks me is why do they – and we talked about this last week – why do they say B.C.? But then they say A.D. Why, why don't they use either all English or all Latin? Now, you could say ante Christum, certainly, but that's but they don't. I mean, you don't say A.C., you say B.C. Why? You know, why did that ever get started? I don't know the answer to that. And I've never found anybody that could tell me. Well, so, you know, I think AC would be easier because A comes before B. AC yeah, it would be AC. But then we, yeah. we ruined it and we had air conditioning and that became <laughs> That's why. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So anyway, I don't know. But uh, we'll be doing more Roman civilization. Next week, we're going to talk about important periods of Roman history, just to give you a little idea of when things happened, like... What are the big divisions of Roman history? Because a lot of people don't know anything about it, about this stuff. Uh, and this will just give you a little, just, little, just so you can get your bearings more or less in it. But meanwhile, I want to review the Trojan War a bit, and I want to put it to rest sooner or later. And uh, this is uh, really same notes, same lesson. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Trojan War, but we're afraid to ask, I think, is in this little worksheet that I created here. And I guess we'll just go right down the columns. It'd be the easiest way if you, if you can. Who, what is Alba Longa? You've probably forgotten all about this because we yeah. had this so long ago. What is Alba Longa? Do you know what it even is? Long mother. <laughs> Looks yeah. like that. It looks like long white. Uh -huh. No, it, it's the name of a city. Oh. Okay. When Aeneas finally does manage to conquer the people in Italy, he builds, he builds a city called Lavinium, naming it after his wife. Then his son takes the kingdom and moves it and builds a new city called Albalonga, and that will be the ancestor of Rome. In other words, oh. the Rome, the, the twin boys will come from Alba Longa. Oh, okay. Three hundred years later, something like that. Okay, Aeneas. We've mentioned his name a couple times a day. Tro Aeneas, Trojan. Yep, Trojan prince. Yeah, he was his mother was Venus. His father was a, a Trojan prince, 
And he's the one that, after Troy is defeated, he's a Trojan. He wanders around for a while and finally uh, founds a city in Italy and is the like an, one of the ancestors, at least, of the Romans. And that's why he's important. The hero of Virgil's Aeneid, which is why he called it the Aeneid, by the way. Agamemnon. <sighs> Brother of Menelaus, who was You're married right. to Helen of Troy. They're Greeks. Was Agamemnon married to Helen of Troy or was Menelaus no, married Menelaus, to Menelaus. Right. Okay. Agamemnon is, yes, yeah. Menelaus' brother, and he's the commander-in-chief of the Greek army. Oh. And he's kind of arrogant, and he gets into some trouble. Ends up getting axed to death, if you remember the story. Uh-huh. All yeah. right. Ascanius, hmm. also known as Eulus. Don't know. That's Aeneas's son. Who moves the city? Who builds Alba Longa? And his his name notice his name is Ascanius, but he's sometimes also called Eulus, which is he's the ancestor of Julius Caesar and all that kind of thing. Supposedly, huh. supposedly, Creusa. We're skipping some. We well, see. we're skipping the right-hand column. Oh, I see. Is all. Mm. Creusa is Aeneas's wife who dies in Troy. Remember, she uh, she dies, and he doesn't get to take her on his wanderings with him because he's got to marry an Italian princess when he gets to Italy, and he's got to have his affair with Dido. What would Book Four be if it wasn't for <laughs> that? <laughs> all right, Elissa. I don't know. Another name for Dido. Oh. When she's in the nominative case, her name is Dido. When she's in the other cases, her name is Alyssa. Oh. And that's because Dido, if you decline Dido, it's Dido, Didonis, Didoni, Didonim. It doesn't, doesn't work very well in dactylic hexameter. So um, her real name was Alyssa. Then the word Dido means hero or her- heroine, you know, and that's why they call her that. But her real name so was what Alyssa. What case is that again? In the in the uh, in the oblique cases, that is, in anything but the nominative, they use Alyssa if they ever refer to her. If the, but mostly they seem to refer to her in the nominative, which is Dido. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. uh, and she's the one that had this love affair with Aeneas and so forth. Mm-hmm. The harpies. I don't think we talked about them. Oh, we didn't. And I read about them a long time ago. Now I can't remember. The harpies are these awful creatures that are partly birds and partly women. Women. And they smell terrible. And what they do is they, if you're getting ready to have a picnic, they fly down and they pick the food up off your plate and take it away and they (laughs) poop on your plate. And so you can't (laughs) eat. If there's anything left, you can't eat. And if you if they're around long enough, you'll starve because you can't eat. Um, and Aeneas has to fight against them at one point. Oh. Uh, and Jason and the Argonauts end up killing some of them. But Aeneas oh. doesn't do very well with them. But oh. sometimes you might hear somebody unkindly call a woman. She's a real harpy. Right. Meaning she's trying to get from a guy everything she can, trying to get all his money and all, his oh. and all that stuff. Yeah, she's a real harpy. Uh-huh. That's it. You never—they never call men harpies, by the way, uh-huh. uh, for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, just like I've never heard them call a man a man a barracuda. That's true. That's true. That's true. Why? Why would that be? I don't know. Uh, Helen, so the barracuda is the same kind of animal. Not, not, not literally, but the same. They do the same thing, kind of. Oh, I guess that's true. Helen. Yeah, they, Helen was, she was from Troy. Of Troy. Well, now she's not of from Troy. Troy. She's not from Troy. She's from Greece. Right. The whole oh, reason yeah, they yeah, have the Trojan right. War is she runs that's off right, to Troy. Because they kidnapped her. Um, well, yeah. now, yes. One version says they kidnapped her. The later version says that because they don't like to admit that the gods could have possibly caused a woman to leave her husband and run off with someone else. And so they said, no, she was really kidnapped. In fact, one guy wrote a poem 
uh, St- uh, Stasichorus, I think his name is, wrote a Greek in Greek. He wrote a poem about Helen running off with Menelaus or whatever, and then he was stricken with blindness. And he said, oh, I was wrong. And he wrote a recantation that, no, she was kidnapped. And I think he got he got his sight back after he wrote the recantation. Huh. So, yeah, they don't mess with those gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she ran off, and that's what caused the Trojan War, you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iliad. That's the thing Homer wrote. That's right. He wrote a book called The Iliad, which tells about the last year, not even year, the last month of the Trojan War. Right. Juno. Juno is Hera. Queen of the Greek gods. Queen of the Greek gods. Right. Or actually, that's actually her Roman name, her Greek name. Remember, what's her Greek name? Oh. Hera. Hera, Hera, yeah. Hera. And she's uh reason she's mentioned here, she's very hostile to Aeneas. She she is angry with him and she fights with him all the way through. Hmm. Latinus. Hmm. That's the king that Aeneas fights against in Italy. That's his daughter that Aeneas marries. And he doesn't want to fight with Aeneas, but his but his people make him. And so he doesn't want to fight with him, but he does. And of course, that's where you get the word. That's like his name is like Mr. Latin, <laughs> you know, and that's uh, he's the king of the Latins. Curious hmm. about Timus still. OK, we're going to stop right there, guys. And you have some exercises to do as much or as little as you want. And next week, we'll come back and talk more about the Trojan War and about the Romans and whatever else you want to talk about. Okay. And uh, don't forget, if you want my notes, send uh, a note to Cindy, and I'm sure she'll work that out for you.